Genesis 24, beginning with verse 6. But Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the land of my family, and who spoke to me and swore to me, saying, To your descendants I give this land. He will send his angel before you, and you shall take a wife for my son from there. And if the woman wills, if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant put his hand under the thigh of Abraham, his master, and swore to him concerning this matter. These are the last recorded words of Abraham in Scripture. Abraham is around 140 years old. He's an old man. And one of the last things on this old man's mind is his son, Isaac. In this longest chapter of Genesis, we find a story where everybody seems to be in sync. You know? Uh, God has, has, has promised certain things, and there's a father who, who knows what God wants, and he, this father, he wants the best for his son. There's a servant here who is committed to following his master's plans. There's a young woman that we'll see here, a young lady here, who, who is ready to please God and do what God wants. And there's a young man in need of comfort. There are many lessons. Again, this is the longest chapter in Genesis, Genesis 24. And there are so many lessons to be had in this chapter that this is a two-parter, okay? This is a two-parter. We're going to finish the story tonight of Genesis chapter 4. But there are two lessons that I want us to learn today. One, parents are concerned about their child's welfare. Parents are concerned about the, the, the food, the clothing, the shelter of their child. But parents need to be most concerned about the spiritual welfare of their children. No matter their age. No matter the age of the parent. No matter the age of the child. Look at uh, verse 1. Of Genesis 24. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house, who ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and the God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites, among whom I dwell. Looking at that verse 2, this is probably a laser, the servant of Abraham. If you look back at Genesis chapter 15 and, and verses 1 and 2, uh, Abraham, Abraham names a laser as maybe the heir of his whole fortune because he doesn't have a son. He's talking to God about that. But that's, it, it's, it's, we don't know exactly, but many say that this is a laser. And look at verse 2. He asks, Elazar, or he asked his servant, Abraham asked his servant to put his hand under his thigh. 
Now, we talked about that in class today. And what that means is this, that you're swearing by my future descendants that you will do what I'm asking you to do. The, the, the thigh, putting your hand on, on that thigh and swearing, that's, that's, that's right here under what helps a man procreate. It's you're swearing by the most important thing that man has to carry on his, his family name. And so here we, here we see Abraham wanting this servant to swear that he will not take his son and get a woman from the Canaanites. The Canaanites were very immoral people. Just fast forward 500 years or so in the Canaanite, uh, the story of the Canaanites, they're firmly corrupted. They burn their children in worship of their gods. They practice sodomy. They practice bestiality. Later on, again, 500 years from now, Moses himself in Leviticus chapter 18 over and over He says the land itself wants to vomit these people out of it. I mean, that's how corrupt these people are, these Canaanites. And Abraham, can he can understand this. He can see this even before they've gotten so corrupted. And he does not want his son to marry one of these. He wanted his blessed son of promise to marry someone who worshipped The one who promised. We'll see later that the law warned not to intermarry. Even later, we'll see that Solomon had a problem when he intermarried with with those women from the Canaanite lands, the Philistine lands. And it ended up dividing the kingdom of God at that time. Even today, if you look over at 1 Corinthians chapter 7... In verse 39, it forbids a widow to marry outside the Lord. Forbids her or him. If you're a widow or a widower, you can't marry outside the Lord. Now, I'm not saying to the rest of you that you can't marry a non-Christian. Don't walk out the door saying that. That's what Chad said, okay? Please. Many souls have been brought to the truth by a Christian spouse But just because something is not a sin does not make it wise. Okay? Just because something's not a sin does not make it wise. And my advice is that the young people here today, they set their sights on marrying a Christian. All right? You'll be equally yoked then. Our parents, like Abraham here, we need to help if we can. We need to help the situation if we can. You know, young people, I I heard at Polishing the Pulpit two years ago by a youth minister, he told me this. He said, don't ever date someone that you may not marry because you never know when you're going to fall in love. I mean, love can come up and just smack you across the face at any time. And then you're stuck. Then you're in love. Now what are you going to do? You know? Always, if you're, if you're setting your sights on someone, marry someone, set your sights on dating even someone who is a Christian so that when you do fall in love, it's for the right reasons. Abraham made sure that Isaac had a good wingman. Now, for the rest of my time and the rest of this lesson, I want to talk about 
Isaac's wingman, okay? Abraham made sure he had a, had a good wingman. Many of you understand what a wingman is. If you can see from the picture on the screen, we've got a jet fighter right there. And that jet fighter has a guy out on his wing. And this term came from when, when, when people were going into enemy, enemy territory, the main pilot, the lead pilot, had somebody that was watching his back. Okay? You guys out there, y'all know what I'm talking about when you're talking about a wingman, don't you? When you're in the dating scene, if you've got a good buddy there that will help you find a good woman, hey, that's perfect, isn't it? And it, it a good friend, a good, what, is, what is it I heard the other day, Matt? Remember I told you this, this quote the other day, good, God's, uh, good friends are God's way of saying I'm sorry for family. <laughs> hey, when you've got a good friend, it's worth more than anything, isn't it? It's worth more than anything. And, and, and Abraham wanted Isaac to have a good wingman, to help him find a good mate, all right? He wanted to help him find. Now, for the rest of this time, this is the, this is the, this is the story that I got. This is the lesson that I want you to learn from this. I want you to consider yourself God's wingman. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. God loves everybody and God wants everybody. So if we are Christians, as Christians, we need to be good wingmen for God. I want you to notice how Isaac's wingman acted. And then translate that to yourself so that you can be a good wingman for God and find God's people that he loves already. Find his perfect matches all over the world. So as we go along, I want you to understand. First, that God's wingman is a servant. Uh, he, he's a servant of the, of, of the Most High God. God's wingman is. That's what, that's what the servant of, of Abraham was. Look at verse 10. Then the servant took ten of his master's camels and departed, for all his master's goods were in his hand. And he arose and went to Mesopotamia to the city of Nahor. This man was a servant. And let me tell you something. Age didn't come into play. He was the oldest of his servants. He was the oldest of his servants, and, and age didn't stop him. Age didn't stop him. If you want to be a true servant of God, if you want to be God's wingman, old to young, age shouldn't stop you. Age shouldn't stop you. Many times, older folks, I've heard you say it, well, I've already done all that. I don't have to do that anymore. Let the young people take the reins. Let the young people take the lead. No, 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 no. A true servant of God is faithful until death. Exactly, Romans, Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. So just because you're old doesn't mean you don't have anything to give. All right? That's what Abraham's servant was an old man. He was, he was an old man. He was wise. And he had a lot. He had a lot to give. He was mature. Uh, he also had, look at there in verse 10, he had some camels. He had some camels there. We talked about this in our class. Camels 
were the status symbol of that day. Not a lot of people had camels. Back then. You would think back in the desert they had all kinds of camels. But camels at this time weren't being used very much. And so to have a camel, wow, you were rich. And notice this servant had all of his master's goods. He was in charge of all of his master's goods. He took ten camels with him. Now think about it. If you rolled up, if you, if you moms or dads rolled up to your potential daughter or son's in-laws with ten Mercedes or ten Lamborghinis or ten Hummers, I mean, that's what we were talking about. I mean, these are expensive status symbols. This servant, he's traveling with all these camels. He's traveling with these camels and he was, he was in tune. I want you to notice. He was in tune with his master's wishes. He was in tune with his master's wants. We as Christians, keep your finger here in, in Genesis chapter 24. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22. I want you to understand this, church, okay? And he put all things under his feet. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22. And he put all things under his feet. That's God. Put all things under the feet of Jesus, okay? And gave him to be head over all things to the church. We've got to be in tune if we're going to be in charge of the things here on earth. If we're, we're going to be God's wingmen, we have got to be in tune with what our master wants us to do. And that's what this servant was. He was certainly in tune with his master's needs. He, 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 took, he, he went over to Mesopotamia. He went to where his master told him to do, where his master grew up. Are we meeting the needs of the Lord today? Are we meeting the needs of the Lord? You know, here in our, here in our congregation, let's just talk about our congregation just for a minute. Here in our congregation, we need teachers. We need teachers. There are a lot of you, and I'm, this is not fussing, I promise you it's not fussing, but there are a lot of us in this right here who know a lot about the Bible because you've sat here for years. You've sat here for years. And you know the Bible. But you think, well, I can't teach. Well, think about that now. Come on. Think about that. If you know it, you can teach it. Now, you may not think you know it. But until you challenge yourself. I want us to challenge ourselves, okay? Challenge ourselves. Let's, let's, let's instead of Eric begging for teachers... Let's go to him. Let's be proactive and say, hey, I'd like to teach. I'd like to try my hand at it. I'd like to sit in with... You've got people they can sit in with, don't you, Eric? They can sit in there and you can learn how to teach if you don't know how. I want you to do that. I want you all to try to do that and, and, and be a little more proactive in our Christianity. Okay? And not just sit here and learn, always learning, the Bible says, and never able to come to a knowledge of the what? The truth. That's right. We don't want to be people like that do we? No. Uh-uh. Eric, I hope you see a flood of people coming to you. Okay? I do. Look at verse 11 here. And he made his camels kneel down outside the city by a well of water at evening time, the time when women go out to draw water. 
Then he said, O Lord God of my master Abraham, please give me success this day and show kindness to my master Abraham. Behold, here I stand by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. Now let it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your pitcher that I may drink. And she says, drink and I will give your camels a drink. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. And by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Hey, this wingman, he was, he was, he, he, he made sure that Abraham's needs were met. He made sure that those needs were met. He did exactly what Abraham wanted and he was a praying man. He was a praying man. And he was good, wasn't he? He was good. I mean, he knew where the ladies were going to be. I asked the question of, of my class today. If a lion really wanted something to eat, where would he camp out and find something to eat? By the well of water, wasn't he? By, by, by water, yeah. He knows that's where the animals are going to go. Hey, we're animals. We need water. He knew where the women would be. He was good. He was good. He was a good wingman. Later, he's going to make Isaac look good. He's going to make Isaac look good. You know, do we speak well of the church when we're out here? Do we speak well of the church? Or do we put the church down some? Let's just look at Fountainhead. Do you speak well of Fountainhead? Do you, do you talk well about her elders and, and her deacons? Do you talk well about the members here? Do good unto all men, Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, especially those of the household of faith. Okay? He did good. He was a good man. He was a good man and he was mature. He was a mature man. He was dependable. He's doing exactly what Abraham wanted. And he was a, he was a believer. He was a praying man. He was a man who recognized answered prayer. You know, some people wouldn't recognize an answered prayer if it slapped them upside the face. But he was so in tune with his master's will and he was so in tune with God that he recognized answered prayer. I want to talk about that tonight. I want to talk about God's providence tonight and how we can recognize God's providence. Rebecca made sure his camels were watered. And the servant gave her thousands of dollars worth of gold. Gold ring for her nose, gold bracelets. He honored her. Do we honor the church today? Do we give the church our best? He gave this, this, this bride of Isaac his best. Do we honor the church that way? By giving the bride our best gifts. He, wanted, he went home with her and presented his case to her brother Laban. Later we're going to see that Laban's a pretty greedy guy and we'll see later we'll get it we get a hint here uh the servant makes uh, isaac look good in front of in front of laban look over at verse 55 but her brother that's laban and her mother said let the young woman stay with us a few days at least 10 after that she may go it seems like seems like laban and the mama are trying to put a do an end around and try to keep all this stuff and the girl you know, they've got a great commodity there. A pure, beautiful virgin. She was worth a lot. But Laban, I want you to understand that Laban can't get past this guy. This servant of God wouldn't put up with it. 
Because this servant of God, he never gave in. He never gave in. When Laban tries to keep her 10 days longer, the servant never took his eyes off the job. He never took his eyes off the job. He said, no, God has made this happen this way. And we can't stop this now. Let us go. Let us go. Understand the lessons from today. As parents, we should be very concerned about our child's spiritual development. And we need to be servants. Servants in tune with God, meeting God's needs, making sure the bride looks good, and we are to be mature. We're to be believers, a praying people who never take our eyes off the job. If you want prayer, if you want to be a better parent, if you've been an immature Christian, if you want salvation, I offer you our help today. Come and drink of living water as together we stand and sing.